Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today we will look at a passage of scripture that holds an important lesson for today's Christians. Asking the question, are you prepared? As Jesus commands his disciples to pray in order to keep from falling into temptation, we will evaluate how well our own prayer life helps us keep our temptations far away. Thanks for joining us today as we obey God's word and look to apply it into our lives. I want you to clear your desks, put your book bags on the floor, time for a pop quiz. Oh, that was the worst, wasn't it? That was the most dreaded thing you could ever hear when you were in school. Fourth grade for me was the worst when it came to, well, the class for me, if I'm in church confessing this morning, was spelling class. It was the worst. Even to this day, who can spell zucchini or uh, vacuum? I mean, I'm messing these words up still. And there, I hadn't prepared, I wasn't ready, and the teacher said, clear your desk, time for a pop quiz, and and, well, I'll just give give it the best shot I can. I know I'm going to get them wrong, but boy, wouldn't it be better if I had been preparing myself? Wouldn't it have been better had I studied the night before? I'd say, bring it on, I'm ready, let's have it, because I've been equipped for it, I've been prepared for it, I'm ready to go. You know, in our world today, it's not just elementary school where we found quizzes coming but within the christian life church you will have examinations every day every day the lord has planned for you a pop quiz to see how you're doing to give a test an evaluation over where do you stand upon either your own ability righteousness or confidence or standing upon the righteousness of christ having been prepared To be able to give the right answer, to be able to give the right response at the right moment. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know that moment when you're driving and the car pulls out in front of you as if you weren't there and you got slam on your brakes, right? How'd you do in that pop quiz? How do you do in that moment? Or how about when um, 10.30 comes along and there's that big slice of chocolate cake in the fridge and you know you shouldn't be eating it, right? Temptation starts whispering in your ear, no one's going to know, right? How, How do you do in those moments? Pop quiz, it's coming, and and here it is. I I, I hope you've been studying. I hope you've been preparing, because the examinations within the Christian life, they are available to us every day. And you're not going to know when they show up. They're going to just, they're going to be there. And you and I, we need to be ready. In the wake of what seems to be far too familiar in our world today, in regards to school shootings... You may remember where it all began. Columbine, remember that? I was a, I was a senior in high school. 1999, April 20th, and it came over the, the news broadcast that there had been a shooting in a school. And first you think it's got to be an accident, right? Some fluke accident happened. Never fathoming the, the evil that could come in our world. The destructive nature of, of humanity now breaking upon the innocence of our children, murdering them down in, in cold blood. There was a book that was printed um, called Rachel's Tears that I, I picked up, and it's the story of Rachel Scott. And she was, she was my age. She, she would have been 17 years old, and uh, today she, she'd be right here. Uh, same age as I am, but her life ended that day. And it was cut short, and her parents, they... In their effort to find consolation of their grief, they went to their daughter's diary and they started to read her journals and to 
uncover the depth of her walk of preparation for that day's examination. You know, Rachel may have not been prepared for, um, for spelling that day. Maybe, maybe she wasn't ready for algebra that day. But she was ready when the gunman came. I'd like to read just very briefly the account of the story. It says in her final moments, as the shooters uh, came, uh, they shot Rachel twice in her legs and once in her torso. As her friend Richard lay stunned, Rachel attempted to crawl to safety. And the shooters began to walk away, only to return seconds later. At that point, Harris, one of the young men, reportedly grabbed Rachel by her hair and held her up. And he asked her the question, Do you believe in God? Why? Pop quiz. Here we go. Her answer, You know that I do, she replied. Then go be with him, responded Harris, before shooting her in the head. Her parents went through her, uh, like I said, her diary, her journal, because if we're honest, sometimes it's hard, right? Sometimes it's difficult to live prepared in this life. And you're going to face challenges that are unique to you, but not unique to mankind. Every single one of us needs to know in our heart of hearts, how we would answer that question. Not just for the trials of temptations that come our way, but from the very core of who we are. What role does Jesus Christ play in your life? One of her diary uh, excerpts uh, goes like this. I'd like to read it for you. She says, Dear God, haven't talked to you in a while. I guess I've given up and I don't know why. It's getting to be too hard each day. I pray the question, do you exist over and over in my mind? I know that you do. But even with the fact of your being, I have a hard time believing and I'm so confused. I don't know what to do or where you want me or what you want me to do. I want to be used by you in great ways. But I haven't the courage or the strength. Help me. Through this stage of pain, through the hurt and through the rain, she writes in her journal. It was one year before the, uh, the deadly shooting. She wrote uh, one more letter that I'll read to you out of this book to a friend of hers named Sam. Listen to her response this day. She says, Dear Sam, it's like I have a heavy heart and this burden is on my back, but I don't know what it is. There's something in me that makes me want to cry. I don't even know what it is. Things have definitely changed. Last week was so hard, besides missing Breakthrough, which was a, a youth event that Christian sponsored at her school. I lost all my friends at school. Now that I have begun to walk my talk, they make fun of me. I don't even know what I've done. I don't really have to say anything. They just turn me away. I have no more personal friends at school, but you know what? It's all worth it to me. I'm not going to apologize for speaking the name of Jesus. I'm not, going to test, I'm not going to justify my faith to them. And I'm not going to hide the light that God has put in me. If I have to sacrifice everything, I will. I will take it. If my friends have to become my enemies for me to be with my best friend Jesus, then that's fine with me. You know, I always knew that part of being a Christian is having enemies, but I never thought 
that my friends were going to be those enemies. It's all good. I'm just a loner at a new school. But I wish there was someone from Breakthrough who went to my school. As always in Christ, Rachel. Pop quiz. Come at any time. Rachel gave the right answer. The last paragraph in that sentence, after Harris shot her in the head, uh, her parents record these words. When it's all said and done, the precise details of the Columbine students' deaths make little difference. As Misty Bernal, that's Casey's mother, and you might be familiar with the uh, Michael W. Smith song, uh, This Is Your Time, that was written on behalf of Casey, who also died at Columbine. She said they look at uh, Casey's response of yes on April 20th. But what they really need to do is look at the daily yes. Day after day, month after month before giving that final answer. Man, those two girls. They were prepared. They were ready for the exam. They had the answers before them so that when the test question came they weren't left wondering well I'll give it my best shot but they had already resolved in their heart and not something that came by virtue of going to a conference or a retreat but by a daily preparation of walking with their Lord you and I we need to be boosted up in our preparation amen we need to look and evaluate over our lives such that we ask the question, are we prepared? Are we ready? What does our life look like? Are we confident to know that we would give the right answer when those exams, when those pop quizzes, when they come? So I've entitled this message, uh, The Source of Our Strength, until I realized I spelled strength wrong. (laughs) And as we continue now in... Uh, the story of the passion of Jesus Christ recounting his last week. I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 22. We're going to read through now the story as Jesus, as the choir has already sang, as he goes to Gethsemane. And he prays. In Jesus' understanding of what's coming before him, he knows that this is the ultimate test. And so he's going to He's going to prepare. He's going to do what level of studying, and I'm using that term as a metaphor here, to understand how he would seek strength in speaking with our Heavenly Father. Jesus is about to go through the crucifixion for the sacrifice of the sins of all mankind. We're going to read through verses 39 uh, through 46 in Luke 22. Page 1638 in our Pew Bibles. Luke records, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, and he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing... Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. 
When he rose from his prayers and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. If you were paying close attention to our readings today, we heard the story of Daniel. And here you've got these men scheming against Daniel, wanting to see him done away with, right? We don't like this guy. we got to get rid of him. So these schemers put together this law that can't be reversed, which says that if anybody is serving a god other than the god of the state, right? Other than the governed, governed sanctioned uh, deity, the king himself, we're going to toss him into the lion's den. So Daniel gets wind of this. Right? If, they, if they see me praying or worshiping my God, I'm done, I'm done for. Who thinks that sounds like a test? Who thinks that sounds like quite a trial, right? And so what does Daniel do? He prepares himself. He begins to study for the trial that's coming up. And it says he kneels down, opens his window, faces towards the holy city of Jerusalem, and he prays. Right there with the window open where everybody can see him. Not hiding in a corner, but shamelessly continuing to worship his God. Well, what about our New Testament reading? Uh, Here we find that the great uh, champion of the faith, Peter, gets arrested. Boy, this must be tough for the church, right? You've got your leader thrown into prison and he's locked up. And what does the church do? They pray. They say, we got to get together and we, gotta, we need to pray about this thing right now. Because you know what? This is a test coming our way. If they get Peter and throw him into jail, what do you think they're going to do with us? We might be next. So what should we do? We should gather together and pray. And I just love this story because there as they're praying, the jail bursts open. An angel comes and leads Peter out. Miraculously, God makes a way and Peter goes to their house, knocks on the door and they go to answer it. And she's in such shock that it's Peter. She doesn't even open the door to let him in. She goes back and says, it's Peter. And the church says, you're nuts. It can't be Peter. That's impossible. Must be his angel because it can't be him. And sure enough, they open the door and it's Peter. These are, these are tough moments. These are trying moments. These are moments that could cost you your life. And these examples are for us lessons to show us how we need to make sure that we are preparing ourselves for these exams as they come, for these trials as they work their way into our lives. I want, to see, I want you to see a couple of things in the passage that we looked at. First of all, Jesus' command in, in verse 40, um, it uses a, a, a unique kind of construction here in the Greek When he says the command, pray. Did you see that with me? Pray that you will not fall into temptation. This is called in Greek a present imperative, which means two things. It means that it is a command. So this isn't optional. Jesus didn't say to the disciples, hey, if you get around to it, go ahead and just uh, pray for a little bit. It's not what he said. He commanded them to pray. He knew they needed to pray. And then secondly, by being in the present tense, he's saying it in such a way that it's not, you know, say your prayer and be done, but just keep praying. That was the command. Continue to pray. Let this be something that you don't give up on, that you don't stop short on. Keep faithful in prayer. I also want you to notice as Jesus himself comes to 
practice the same level of preparation. Verse 41, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. So he kind of gets off to himself a little bit. And, and this is actually a really good um, discipline within prayer. Uh, if you've ever tried to pray with the radio on or when you're driving or, you know, TV's blaring, eh, kind of hard, right? Um, but if you get away, right, separate yourself from distractions, just let your heart pour out to our Lord. Uh, you find it a lot easier to be in communion with Him, in relationship with Him, uh, to let Him build up your heart, not to do it in the distraction of others. So Jesus, He pulls away to Himself, but um, this same story is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, as well as here in Luke, except Matthew and Mark, they record it a little bit differently. Jesus is all, or, um, Luke is always concerned with showing Jesus' level of humility. And so what we find in Luke's gospel is Jesus is kneeling down. But Matthew and Mark recorded a little bit differently. Uh, Matthew drawing from Mark's perspective and Mark recording from Peter, who was there, says that Jesus fell face down into the dirt. Uh, th- this is not, um, uh, let, let us pray. Oh, that's not what's going on. This is just like crumble, just on my knees, on my face before God. I want you to recognize that prayer must be something that's genuine. God doesn't need you to give him some fancy pants prayer. He doesn't need to hear um, some rote, practice, well-rehearsed prayer. He just needs to hear from your heart exactly what you're feeling. God, I can't face this. God, I don't know what to do. And and Jesus here models that as he just dives into the dirt, seeking his heavenly father. I want you to see also the context of Jesus's prayer in verse 42. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. What what an honest prayer. I don't think there's ever been a more genuine prayer ever than Jesus being the fully incarnate Son of God, both fully God and fully man, here recognizing the severity of what's coming in his, coming to him, the trial that stands before him. And who would want to go through that? Nobody. And Jesus would feel just like you would feel in that instance. Lord, let this be over. Take this from me. Every one of us would want to find an escape route to get out of it, right? Every one of us here. And yet, I want you to see how Jesus prays. He says, if you are willing, and there as he, as he finishes, yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, I can't tell you why you're going through what you're going through. I can't tell you why your loved ones are suffering with what they have. I can't tell you why the financial situation is the way that it is. But I can tell you this. God has not left you And he will use whatever it is you are facing for the maturing of your faith and the growing of your faith to very gently and mercifully draw you closer to him. He may not give you a way out, bailing you out of the situation. You might have to go through it. This is how I feel when I'm in the dentist chair. (laughs) I'm stuck is how I feel, right? Can't leave. You're stuck there. But guess what? This too shall pass. I love that, right? This is going to be over and it's going to end. And the circumstances around that, though they might not be in my control, they are up to God. And if he is your God, then he is good. And we have to trust him for that. Look at Jesus. Jesus is saying, take it from me. I don't want to be here. And yet, 
Your will be done. That's an awesome model for us to pray. Awesome. So when you come to God, don't feel like you can't pray for healing. Don't feel like you can't pray for being removed from the trial. Ask that he'll fix it. Ask. That's what Jesus did. But then in the very next breath, recognize, I might still need to go through this. This may still be the path that God has for even the most pessimistic view of it, that might be exactly how it goes. And i got to learn to trust God through that. A couple other things I want you to see in verse, verse 43. That God does not just leave Jesus. Well, good luck, son. You're tough. Tough it out. Walk it off. That, God doesn't say that. Look what, look what happens. Verse 43, Luke records that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. That there is a response from God. He's listening and he won't let you break. He will strengthen you. The text goes on to show how Jesus comes under more anguish. And so what does he do? What's he do? He prays more. Do you see the pattern given, given here? Is that as you go through life and it's not being answered. Well, I tried. I'm going to give up. Oh, well, I tried that God thing. It didn't work. No, listen here. That's not the response. Even when it doesn't go according to your plan and things continue to be difficult, the model Jesus gives us is you continue to pray. You continue to pray. Even Daniel, there in the lion's den, continues to pray, to worship, worship his Lord. It didn't necessarily go the way Daniel maybe thought it would. He ended up having to get thrown in. That was the, well, Lord, I tried. No, that's not the answer. You continue. You continue to pray. You continue to seek the Lord. There's one last thing that I'd like to point out to you. And Matthew and Mark's gospel recorded a little bit more starkly than Luke's. But down towards the end of the story, Jesus rises and he goes back to his disciples. And he finds them there unified together, seeking the Lord. As champions of prayer. Nope. (laughs) Just kidding. He actually finds them all fast asleep. What's up with you guys? Now if you read Matthew's gospel. It says he goes back to them once and is asleep. He says you guys. Can you just pray? And then he goes back. And then he comes to check on them again. And they're sleeping again. And he says Peter could you not even for one hour. This is Peter we're talking about. Remember the guy at the Last Supper? He was like, Lord, I'll follow you even to death. Even if all others, I'll be right there. That's Peter, this guy with this confidence. And Jesus says, couldn't you even pray for one hour? Peter's like, it's just late, Jesus. It's so Tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow. Like, they didn't understand. The disciples didn't know what was coming. Jesus did, though. And so his call to them is continue to pray. And Jesus goes back again to pray by himself in a third time. Can you believe this now? A third time. I'd be kicking them. Anybody else? Get up. Get up. Give me 20 push-ups or something. I mean, Jesus doesn't do that. He very humbly asks them, why are you sleeping? And repeats the command again in the present imperative. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. I'd like to just uh, highlight for us a few observations and conclusions on this so that we can take the Word of God and learn how to apply it into our lives. First is this, your adversary never rests. Uh, The evil one 
is continually on the hunt for you. Trying to deceive you and lie to you such that you will fall into temptation. Um, the, the fall here in, this, in our text is that they would what? Eat chocolate? Was that the temptation? What was their temptation? It was to deny Jesus. To see the truth, to see the trial that was coming. It's going to cost them their life. Peter boasting, I'll go to death for you. And he's going to get the opportunity to, to run that exam. And the temptation is going to be, uh, oh, I don't want, no, I'm going to just, right? That's the temptation. And the devil here is going to work. And he's going to try on you. He's going to focus on you. He's not going to take a day off to deceive you. Here's what the scriptures say in 1 Peter. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Church, your adversary never rests. He's not taking a day off. Therefore, you need to be alert. You need to pray. Let me contextualize this a little bit better. Let's say, for instance, uh, like uh, the phone call I got this morning uh, from the DNR. I don't know if you guys heard this, uh, but they said there is a, a mountain lion that has killed three people and they spotted it in our church parking lot this morning. A mountain lion. That's right. So how are you going to walk to your car after church now? <laughs> so if this were true, it's not. If, if it were, if it were, I guarantee you, every one of you would be walking out of church like this. Because why? There's a lion out there. There's a lion out there. Okay, but here's the deal. You and I, we don't do that with our spiritual lives. The Bible says the devil's like a lion. He is prowling, seeking whom he may devour. And you and I are like, we're not paying any attention, by and large. We're not preparing ourselves. We are not sober-minded or alert after our adversary because he is out there. And the exams are going to come not when you're ready for them if you haven't been preparing. So that's number one. Number two is this. Prayer is our weapon. It's our weapon against temptation. I want you to see the context of Jesus' command. He says, pray, but pray why? Why? So you don't fall into... Look, it's repeated twice. It's in the text. You've got to catch this. So you don't fall into temptation. I want you to notice, it's not pray that you won't be, uh, won't be tempted. That wasn't the prayer. So let me clear things up for you. Temptation is coming. Guaranteed. All right? The, the exams, I promise you, they will come. Uh, even daily, they're going to show up. You and I, we just miss them because we ain't looking for them. We're constantly getting F's on our tests because we're not even paying attention to the exams that are coming. But temptation will come. Jesus says, pray that you won't fall. There's a difference. Pray that you won't fall into temptation. Therefore, prayer is, because that's the weapon, right? Prayer is for us like a spotlight. Imagine if you go outside at night, right, in the dark, and um, your kid was raking, and he left the rake. What's going to happen? We all know what's going to happen, right? 
If I don't turn the light on, the one thing I'm going to trip over is the rake. And if I'm inside and I don't turn the house lights on, it's the Legos are going to get me. Anybody else with little kids? The Legos are going to get me. But you know what prayer is? Prayer is like a spotlight that illumines all this around you so that you can see what's coming, so that you're ready, so that you're equipped. Prayer is our weapon against temptation. Ephesians 6, if you're familiar with this passage, it's called the armor of the Spirit. Right? Put on the full armor of God. This is, this is the, this context. He says, verse 17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and... See, we forget verse 18. Whenever you've studied this or talked about this, most of the time we just talk about all this gear that you're gearing up, breastplate, and i got to put on my belt, right? And i got to all my gear. But verse 18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. That was the same word. That's the same thing Peter says. Be alert. You better watch. And always keep on what? Has he, has he said it enough? All right, do, do we get it? Because prayer is your weapon. If you want to keep from falling into temptation, if you're tired of your life just constantly, same sins, they just show up at my door, and every time I just lay down again, and that's the way it goes. You, you want to find victory there, church? Your weapon is prayer. Keep praying on all occasions. Paul writes, because prayer is our weapon. Thirdly is this. We must pray in accordance with God's will. Jesus models this for us. It's not going to do you any good to pray according to your will. Lord, I hope the Packers win today. Right? This is not, this is not how we should be praying. Right? Um, instead, you need to think through those things which God is concerned about in your life. This is how you and I are to pray. 1 John records this in chapter 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That's an awesome word. Confidence. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So how do we determine his will? I'm going to have to leave this for later because it's probably a 15-minute interjection in this sermon. But here's your homework. Turn to Romans chapter, don't do it now, but in your homework. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Where he says you need to give your body as a living sacrifice. All right? And don't be conformed to this world. But rather be transformed by the renewing of your, help me out, your mind. And then you will be able to discern what God's will, his good and perfect and pleasing will is. You want to know what God's will is? You want to know how to pray? Fix your mind. We all got these twisted up corrupted minds that continue to be deceived by the world. Get the repair system going on here. Stop thinking about me. Stop thinking about what I want. Start thinking about the things of the Spirit, the thing that God wants. And then you will know what His will is. And you will know how to pray in accordance with His will. Still offer to God your perspective, though. That's what Jesus does. Lord, take this cup from me. Yet. Everybody with me on this? Say amen if you got it. All right, you kind of got it. All right, fourthly is this. God will provide for you. God will provide for you. We saw in verse 43 that the angel came and helped him. The angel came to help Jesus. God will provide for you. You need to be praying, though. You need to be looking for a way 
for God to help. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul writes this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's awesome to hear, right? But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The thing is, you really got to be wanting it. You, you, you can't do it half-hearted. Uh, for me, it looks like uh, Valentine's Day chocolates, the leftover Valentine's Day chocolates. Here's the deal. Temptation somehow gave a mouth to these chocolates, so they call out to me from the cupboard, Ryan, come eat us. And so I go over and you know, I get them, but I know that my wife is sitting there on the couch, and if she sees me stealing her chocolates, she will tell me to put them back. And so what do I do? I carry him in this hand over here. <laughs> now, I kind, I kind of want a way out. Like, I want to do what's right, but I, I'm really not, right? I'm, I'm really not looking for the opportunity for it, right? I, I'm kind of still wanting what I want. I'm not really looking for a way out. Now, my mom was always better at this. She would always, you know, not let me have the chocolate, but um, looks at your heart. Do you really want a way out of this thing? Do you really want to avoid that chocolate cake? Do you really want to seek purity in your life? Do you really want to have an honorable way of thinking and treating others around you? Or is it, you know, I I just kind of want to be holy, but I also want the gooey morsel or whatever that is. Look, if you are praying, your temptations, they'll, they'll come before you. The test will come, but God will provide a way out. He will provide for you. This is evidenced in our text this morning. All right, lastly is this. Jesus loves you even in your weakness. And I want to make this point really strong. Jesus loves you even in your weaknesses. Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel record a phrase that Jesus says that's not in Luke's, but I, I would highly recommend you add it in there. Jesus says this, the spirit is willing, but what? But the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I heard one preacher say it according uh, to this passage that this was Jesus' test. Not just his test to go to the cross, but his test to go to the cross for these guys. Now you've got to remember here, Jesus is with his disciples, and they are like his A-team, all right? They're like the starters. They're not the bench warmers. Right, these are the guys who have been with Jesus for three years, thick and thin, and Jesus says what to them? I want you to pray, and what do they do? Still fall asleep. Like, that's the best. These are my A-team, right? These are the best guys that I have. Think, uh, if you were to put yourself in Jesus' situation, let me build for you an example. Let's say there was a lottery for organ donations by the government. Let's just say there is, okay? And your name gets picked. To give up your kidney. Alright? And so you go to the hospital because you have to. Right? And you're sitting there and as you walk in, you, you go into the waiting room and here's, here's this one guy that you see just disheveled and he's got his shirt untucked. He's picking his nose half asleep. Just, uh, I mean, that's him. This is who you're going to give a kidney to. Or you look across and here, here's a, a, a finely dressed businesswoman and she's got her kid's they're sitting right with her. Um, and and they, they look like they're just respectable kids. And she's reading 
uh, better homes and gardens or field and stream or I don't know, pick, pick whatever it is that you'd be impressed with, right? Um, which of these two would you want to give a kidney? Yeah, not, not, the, not the dude over here, right? You'd want to give it to this one who's really showing merit and worth and, and boy, she probably deserves it and I, at least she's putting it to good use, right? Not this loser. That's exactly the test now given to Jesus. Imagine if it wasn't your kidney now. Imagine it was your life. And imagine that your life is going to be given for these who can't even pray for an hour. This is God showing Jesus this is the best mankind has to offer. Right here, Jesus. This is the best. This is your A-team. And you're going to die for them? Boy, I just could hear the lie of the devil trying to talk Jesus out of it. Could you, can you hear that there? Like, come on, walk away. Look at these guys. They can't even pray. And these are the best that mankind has. Church, Jesus loves you. He loves you even in your weakness. The beauty of the gospel is he doesn't require you to become righteous and holy on your own. And then he extends love to you. John will say this. You know what true love is? A man will lay down his life for his friends. For it's not that you love God, but rather God has first loved you. Look, church, you're going you're gonna to struggle with this. I promise you, you're going to have a pop quiz. Not for me, but it's going to be the examination that comes through life. And so here's just a couple of questions I'd like to leave you with. Number one, are you prepared? Are you ready for the test today? You're going to find that your spiritual maturity, it's going to have an exam. And how are you going to respond? Well, I'll let you know this. If you are praying, and if your prayer life is one of robust seeking authenticity, authentically from the heart God's help he will help you and you will be prepared how are you working on your spiritual health and readiness look it's not going to work for you this morning to say ah oh, pastor that's okay I'm not a minister I'm not in leadership in the church right well look at the disciples what were they bunch of what fishermen right they're just normal nine to five jobs Matthew he worked at like a desk job right that, that was his career. So if it's enough for them, it's enough for you as well. I want to challenge you to give examination. How, how are you working on your spiritual health and readiness? Are you just kind of like I am on my spell? I'll give it a shot. We'll see. Roll the dice. Maybe I'll get a couple of them right. Zucchini. Wrong. What does your prayer life look like? If, uh, let me phrase it to you this way. If your prayer life were a car, what car would it be? <laughs> Some of you would be like, like a Buick or an Oldsmobile, right? K- kind, of, uh, kind of old school in how you pray, right? But reliable, right? So that's good. Or maybe you'd be like a sports car. Um, you know, you, you get there quick. Just really fast prayers, but kind of costly on fuel, right? Hard to really find the time to pray. Or maybe you're like my old F-150, kind of hard to get started. <laughs> a little bumpy on the road, yeah. Let's, let's hope it's not like a tricycle, though. What, what does your prayer life look like? If it were a car, how would, you, how would you characterize your prayer life? What car would it be? Lastly, in what areas of your life is your spirit willing, but your flesh is weak? This is where you need to pray so you don't fall into temptation, church. Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Peter says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls, prowls like a roaring lion, 
looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. I just want to leave you with this final thought. There's going to be a pop quiz. Are you ready? Let's pray.